Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, Demon Cotton. He's behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q. And one hour long, one hour strong, we have to go. We kick off this hour talking all things Chargers as, well, they're the first team up on the schedule. And this is a game weekend. To help us break down what's going on in L.A. is our good friend Joe Reedy from the AP on Twitter at Joe Reedy. And Joe, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of buzz around the Chargers, at least where I'm from. You know, where I'm at right now, I'm hearing a lot about the Chargers. What does it feel like around the team, especially this week leading into game one? Well, what a buzz. I think that with the changes that they made on defense, you've got a young quarterback in Justin Herbert and a lot of expectations. I think also the fact that it's the opener against the Raiders and everybody remembers the Week 18 game last year that came down to the final play and knocked the Chargers out of the postseason. There's a lot of uh, it, there's a lot of excitement about that. That the you know the team that ended their playoff hopes last year they get to uh, open with immediately and with the changes that both um, squads have made, it'll certainly be, make for an entertaining opener. How much is that last game of the season, that Week 18 game, how much is that talked about still? It's it's in the back of their minds. Maybe not so much now compared to OTAs and minicamp and everything. This team had nearly 100% for OTAs, and Justin Herbert said the biggest reason was everybody remembered that Week 18 game and that it had stuck with him for a good six, seven months until, until training camp started. So they definitely used that game as a motivating factor throughout the off-season workouts and then um, were able to get going with training camp. Talking right now with Joe Reedy from the AP here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920, talking all things Chargers. And I saw earlier today Chargers head coach Brandon Staley shot down a report that J.C. Jackson wasn't playing on Sunday, said that it's not determined yet. You know, So uh, how, what's your gut feeling tell you about J.C. and his availability for Sunday? I'd be surprised if he played. I think, he, I think probably will be inactive, but I think Brandon's still holding out a, an outside hope that maybe he can go. The original time frame was two to four weeks, and we're about in that two-week window now. I do think, though, if he doesn't play against the Raiders, he would likely go in that Thursday night game against the Chiefs, but he's got him his day-to-day right now, and any time a head coach says that, I almost feel like responding to him, aren't we all day-by-day? Day? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know that's right. And, uh, Joe, as far as J.C. Jackson, what he's been in training camp and preseason before he was injured, uh, has he been everything that he was kind of hyped up to be uh, heading over from New England as a free agent? Yeah, he did, he did during the uh, Dallas, game, Dallas uh, joint workouts. He, he got his hand on a couple balls. He's been causing some. He's been causing some havoc back there in the secondary. I think it's a good, good complimentary fit having him back there with Asante Samuel Jr., who was kind of had a roller coaster rookie season. Michael Davis didn't quite live up to expectations last year. Who I think that if Jackson doesn't go, it would be Davis and Samuel at the. Is the base corners, and then uh, Bryce Callahan, who Raiders fans know from from Denver, who the Chargers signed, would be more of the uh, slot corner, slot corner nickel packages. So, it, it, 
there's there's been some changes in the secondary, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how all those pieces pieces Joan develop. Talking all things charges right now with Joe Reedy from the AP here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, last season, the Chargers couldn't stop the run at all. It's like, it's like they couldn't stop a nosebleed. I mean, they they were, were a team that, you know, they, they were able to get ran on. Uh, they brought in a lot of guys defensively. How have you seen that, that Chargers defense start to come to form? Uh, something that more fits what Brandon Staley likes to do with the free agent acquisitions and the draft picks that they brought in. Front seven, I think, has a lot more depth than it has the past couple years, adding a Sebastian Joseph Day. Austin Johnson definitely fortifies that defensive line and gives them a couple thumpers on the line to stop things. Obviously, Khalil Mack paired with Joey Bosa is going is to be great. But adding a Kyle Van Noy, a Morgan Fox, they've definitely – Got guys who are familiar with this scheme, either from with the Rams or when Staley was a position coach with Denver or Chicago. And I think having that familiarity and getting more of the body type and aggressive type personalities will will help this defense a lot more than uh, previous years. I think not only in the run game, but they were near the bottom in third down conversions and gave up the uh, most points in the second half in overtime last year. So I think besides improving on the run, they've definitely got to get off the field on third downs and uh, not get in the fourth quarter shootouts like we saw last year because that Vegas game was certainly one of them. But the Chargers had a couple games where the defense couldn't stop anybody in the fourth quarter and the offense had to score just to remain in the lead. Joe, you mentioned Khalil Mack just in the past answer about how you expect it to be great. But with the Chargers, what are their realistic expectations for Khalil Mack? Do they see him being a guy who, if he's healthy, he's going to be just as good as Bosa on the edge or just a complimentary piece on this defense? No, they expect him to be just as good as Bosa on the edge. And during during training camp, you could see how both, both were wrecking havoc on – not only their own offensive line, but definitely in the in the joint workouts against Dallas. Because let's face it, this and I think it's going to be the same throughout the division this year with the, with these pass rushing duos. That if you double team one, that allows the other one to go free. Or how many times are teams going to try to play max protect? Knowing that knowing that there's two de- two defensive linemen that can that can go pretty good on it pretty good on the edge, I think, especially too for the Raiders with Jones and and Crosby, um, Rashawn Slater played pretty well against Crosby last year, but you know now with Chandler Jones on the on the other side going up against a right tackle Trey Pipkins, who finally showed some potential last year, but he doesn't have that many starts in the league. It's going to be interesting in the division just when they start facing each other, how teams try to out-scheme each other in that aspect. 
Yeah, I've been saying that for a while, Joe, that I felt like the team that was going to win the division was going to have the best bookend uh, offensive linemen, you know, the best offensive tackles that can keep their quarterback upright. And so let's talk about that that Chargers offensive line. How have you seen it? You mentioned that, uh, you know, Bosa and Mack were, were wrecking shop in, in practice, and we saw the same thing from Jones and Crosby uh, during training camp. So uh, do you think that, that that Chargers offensive line is is stepped up a little bit from what we saw even Week 18 last season? Yeah, I think the the question's still right tackle with uh, with Trey Pipkins, um, but Pipkins didn't allow any sacks last year after allowing ten the season before. So he has he has continued to make positive gains in development, but he, you're just wondering will it translate to the regular season now that it, now that everybody's playing good on good Zion Johnson who they drafted in the first round to take over at that right guard spot is, is certainly played well and, and fit in. The additions last year were Corey Lindsley, Slater, and Matt Filer gelled together very well. So this is a very solid and consistent offensive line now that they've been able to remake in two years where they basically your only question right now is, you know how good are how good are they at that right tackle spot, and also how well can the tight ends block? Um, Donald Parham didn't practice on Wednesday today, and it is questionable more than anything. But Chargers have a new starting tight end in Gerald Everett. Trey McKitty blocked pretty well last year, but how many snaps is he going to get just to just to be the blocking specialist? Yeah, that's a good point. Again, we're talking with Joe Reedy here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on SA Roughness. Joe covers the Chargers for the AP. And, you know, talk about Justin Herbert. That's the guy, right? That's the guy that everyone is anointed as the next best thing. And I think he's a hell of a talent. He's shown some really good things, but hasn't got to the playoffs yet. So, of course, you're going to be measured by that. But for Justin Herbert to take the next step in his maturation as an NFL quarterback, what has to happen for him this season? I think maybe – the fact that he's in year two with Joe Lombardi will definitely continue that progression. I think we saw a lot of the short and medium passing game last year. I think that the first year, his strength has always been the deep ball, and they got away from that a little bit at times last year. Can they be a little more consistent in taking those deep shots? The Wide receiver group, everybody talks about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but Josh Palmer has come on as a is a pretty good third receiver. And then you got Jalen Guyton, that in those four receiver sets can be, can be that fourth receiver and kind of that speed and deep threat. I think that the other thing that will help Herbert, too, is if they can get a tad more balance. Austin Eckler has been counted on a lot as the running back, that, but – with signing Sony Michelle as a second running back, I think that'll definitely help spread things around and get Austin more in the 18 to 22 touches a game that the, that the coaching staff would like, and maybe a maximum of 25. But you don't want to do that too too often, based on body type and everything. So, if if the rest of the pieces can can play at the same level as Herbert, it it does have the it does have the capability of being a top-five offense. All right, something that I want to ask you about, Joe, is Coach Brandon Staley's development. You you guys talk to him, and, you know, he's going to give you the cookie-cutter answers, but has he taken any ownership of getting better as a coach when and knowing when to go for it on fourth downs in these (laughs) late-game situations? 
Yeah, he he's he's talked about that. He's talked about that a little bit. I think, you know, when I look at Brandon last year, knowing his mentality and everything, really the only two fourth down plays that I take exception of was that late in the first half against Kansas City, where you should have taken the points instead of instead of trying to trying to get the uh, home run ball with the uh, touchdown on the goal-to-go situations, and then that Raiders game um, with the fourth down call there where they where they fell behind even more. Now, Brandon hasn't given us the complete uh, autopsy of that game, but if he thought that with the way the Raiders were running and everything, if I punt the ball away and the Raiders go on a six to eight minute drive and go up by as many points as they did that get, that doesn't give them enough time to come back. So if you make the fourth down, you you're still getting the ball, but if you give it up, hopefully your defense gets a stop. But if they don't and they score, you still got enough time to time to make the comeback. He's always going to be aggressive with the fourth downs. And I, but I do think though when it talks about things that, he regrets it was putting the defense in certain formations in the last minute that led to the Carlson field goal and maybe calling that timeout and timeout in the last two minutes of overtime too, where, you know, all of a sudden the Raiders were like, nope, they're not playing for the playing for the tie and both teams getting in. They're actually, they're actually playing the win. So I, I think the other thing that I think with Brandon too is, how much does he delegate more of the defensive play calling? I think we've seen guys as head coaches who try to be play callers and head coaches, whether it's offense or defense, it eventually catches up to you. So I wonder maybe if he delegates a little bit more on that end. All right, and we all see when you turn on the TV, if they're talking about the Chargers, this is one of the most talented teams in the league. If everything goes right, some people have them winning the Super Bowl. But what should be the biggest area of concern for this team going into Sunday? I still think roster depth. The, the depth is better, but still thin at linebacker, I think. Uh, secondary secondary thin a little bit. They have only five wide receivers on the roster, which seems to be a Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley staple. They did that the past couple of years, and you know, I, I think the thing that I think the thing that everybody's worried about when you have a franchise quarterback, and I think Josh McDaniels and Raider fans would say the same thing. What happens if your starting quarterback goes down uh, because Justin Herbert is such an emotional leader? and drives the bus here now, what happens if he goes down and all of a sudden you got Chase Daniel as the starting quarterback? I think the I think the outlook changes measurably, kind of, you know, how how it would in Raider Land is the Raider Land of Derek Carr went down, kind of like what we saw the uh end of that two thousand fifteen sixteen season where everything looked good and then he got injured and it it, it ended up in a uh, quick playoff exit. Right, yeah, no, that backup quarterback is very important, and of course every team and every fan base hopes that they never have to worry about the backup quarterback. I know the Chargers feel that way, and of course Raider Nation feels the exact same. Joe, great stuff as always, my man. Definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out on the AP that we need to be on the lookout for? Maybe a preview for Sunday. Uh, basically the preview will be how, how both teams have made each other during the 
during the off season, and Khalil Mack talks to us uh, tomorrow, nice. so we'll be able to hear what he what he has to say about facing the Raiders. But you know, it, it'll be a fun matchup. I know Josh McDaniels' dad from when he coached high school ball in Ohio, so it, it's good to see Josh get this second chance and. I think it'll be a fun matchup Sunday. Nice way to uh, begin the uh, season with a division game. You know, let me ask you real quick, since you do know and you, you cover Josh McDaniel's dad, what do you think about Josh? What, what do you think he'll do with this second opportunity with a very talented Raider team? I think he'll grow from it. I think I, I don't want to compare it to Bill Belichick because the uh, because Belichick got back about, I think, five, six years after, after he was fired by Cleveland. But 12 years is certainly a long time between head coaching stops. But I think he's certainly grown well and matured. And let's face it, he was very deliberate about getting back into a head coaching situation again. And I think this is a perfect situation for him. Sounds like he's got the right GM. And I think just personal growth more than anything, and the fact that he's a coach's son will uh, will have it will it will aid a lot in his development. I think that I think that he will definitely do well in this uh, second stop. It seems like it. I mean, just the, everything that we're hearing. Of course, you got to go see it on the field and see how the team performs. But everything that we're hearing in press conferences sounds sounds the part. So now we just got to see if the team goes out there and plays the part. Well, Joe, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Uh, it's going to be a fun game on Sunday there at SoFi Stadium. Uh, thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you in the press box. No problem. Take care. All right, there he goes, Joe Reedy from the AP on Twitter at Joe Reedy, and here with us on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. A lot of good stuff right there. Great questions, Demond, about uh, Brandon Staley and what he could potentially be regretting or not. And you know, we heard from Keyshawn Johnson before we even uh, went to Joe talking about how has Brandon Staley grown? Can he grow? And if he grows in one area, does that mean that something else may slip, or is he just a better coach all in all? And well, we won't know until we know, and we'll start to find out. Come Sunday, 418 is the time. We'll come back, get to a bunch of your calls and texts. Plus, we got a lot more in store. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 423 is the time. Here on Radio Nation Radio 920, flying through another show, flying through another week. Before you know it, man, it's going to be Friday. We're going to be signing off, talking about we'll talk to you on uh, Monday, <laughs> right? Talking about a, a win or a loss. And speaking of Monday, starting this Monday... I'm going to be back in my spot, the Oyo, the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Make sure you come on down starting at 2 o'clock. Be there at 2 o'clock till, well, the show will go till 5. Be there till at least 6 o'clock watching every Monday night football game all season long. So make sure you come out and uh, hang out with us at the Oyo. We're going to have plenty of prizes to give out and lots of great drink specials, a lot of great food specials. I just literally ran into the prod room uh, with my man Demo Dave and recorded the the little 15-second spot that said, hey, Come on out, hang out with us. We're going to have a good time. $2 beers, free parking. What else do you want? Free stuff, right? We'll have a good time. So come on out to the Oyo starting this upcoming Monday. So we're back at it, man. Everything back at routine. Clay, matter of fact, you want to check out Clay tomorrow night. Chickies and Pete, Thursday night football. You want to start the season out right? Sahara, Sahara Las Vegas. Make sure you go check out Clay from the morning tailgate. He'll be there. Guess what? Prizes, drink specials, food specials, really cool place to hang out. Chickies and Pete's every Thursday. Clay will be there every Monday. I'll be at the Oyo. And at the end of the month, I believe the 30th is when I'll start being on a little bit of a tour on Fridays. And I'll be at at different Buffalo Wild Wings every Friday. But it'll be different locations all over the Las Vegas area. So 
Yeah, that's. I'm going to be on a world tour, man. I'm going to be that guy. It's just how I roll. Busy, busy, busy. That's what we do, man. That's this time of year. I'm telling you, busy, busy, busy. How are we supposed to roll? So uh, this show, we've gone fast and furious. We've been super busy. Had a lot of good guests that we've talked to. Uh, many different guests that we've had to in, in the course of the three hours. Got some uh, time for open lines. We do have another guest coming up in a few minutes, though. Jesse Daly from Western High School. Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week Award winner as Western picked up a nice little victory, their first victory of the season on Friday. So we'll hear from him coming up in a few minutes. But Raider Nation, we always want to hear from you as well. 702 365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword r We've been talking a lot about Max Crosby, and the reason we were talking a lot about Max Crosby is, one, I want to focus on the defense a lot because I do think the offense is going to take care of itself. And if this Raiders team wants to take that next step, I think defensively is where it's going to be. I believe that Max Crosby is in for a big season. He's continued to get better each and every year. Chandler Jones, I think, is really going to help complement him. And then you have Nate Hobbs. You have the guys in the, the linebacking position. You got Denzel Perryman, Devon Diablo, uh, Jayon Brown, who I think is going to be sneaky good. Trayvon Merrick, I think he takes the next step this uh, upcoming year at the safety position. Deron Harmon, even though he's listed on the depth chart behind Trayvon Merrick, I think you're going to see him on the field early and often. Jonathan Abram, you see he's uh, he's he's starting next to, next to Trayvon Merrick. I'm interested to see how Patrick Graham uses him throughout the regular season. We saw what he did as he played a lot of football in the preseason. But Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football, he was talking about Max Crosby this morning. He was really, they were giving their predictions on who they thought was going to be the league MVP, who was going to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, you know, yada, 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 all that stuff. The awards that we all talk about as every season gets started. And he got to Defensive Player of the Year and started talking about what he thinks could be a big season for Max Crosby. I'm going to pick someone who, who's going to have the big-time breakout season. My guy um, is kind of, just, kind of just hanging out there, mm-hmm. right? In the, in the NFL Top 100, he's around in the 50s somewhere. Okay. His sack numbers each of the last few years, fine. Nothing crazy. Not 16, 17, but right there. And he's on a super glamorous team. He's going to have a lot of eyeballs, and he has mm-hmm. a lot of weapons around him. Uh, I predict that the NFL Defensive Player of the Year is going to go down Fury Road, and I'm going with Mad Max Crosby. Okay. Up yes! I like that. Raiders. I think we are I going like to that. have a breakout year for this guy. I think the sack numbers will be there. I think the scoop and score type highlights that you need to win Defensive Player of the Year. And I think the eyeballs. You know, Peter Aaron Donald's going to play tomorrow night. He could win the thing tomorrow night. Yeah. If he has four sacks in that game, you, you, I don't know if you can run him down. Um, Max Crosby is now in one of the most high-profile teams in the entire league with the new coach and the new weapons. And we've always loved him for the last few years. I think this is the year he becomes a household name. I, I really do. Him and Chandler Jones, like, he can't block them all. And I think Crosby is going to just absolutely wreck shop. Love Max Crosby. Two X's in Max. That's how extreme he is. I think by the end of this season, there's going to be about 15 sacks in defensive Mad player Mac. of the year. There you go. You heard him on Good Morning Football talking about Mad Max Crosby and Kyle Brandt very high on him. And uh, Peter Schrager has been very high on, on Max Crosby for a long time. Peter Schrager was one of the first guys on the NFL Network to start giving Max Crosby some love. And that's why you heard him give out that loud, yes, like, okay, you're finally on my side. Welcome to, to my side of the table. So uh, just for reference, and I mentioned earlier in the show that I had a bunch of cover three notes that were all Raider related. Uh, how about Max Crosby? He led the team with 13 tackles for loss in 2021. Ranks, ranks second with eight sacks, right behind Unique Ngakwe, who had 10. Had a career-high three passes defense and two sacks in the last meeting versus the Chargers. Just in the last meeting alone, three passes defense. Three! Three passes defense for a DB is a lot. Three passes defense for uh, a DN, that's pretty massive. So that's what I'm talking about. Passes defense, two sacks, tackles for loss. You want to be the, the, the league MVP as far as defense goes? That's the kind of numbers that you have to put up. So we've been asking the question, what do you think Max Crosby's 
ceiling is this year. Do you think he could reach that level where we're talking about him at the end of the season as a potential defensive player of the year? Or do you think he's just going to have, and I say just, uh, a season like he did last year? Eight sacks, you know, tackles for loss, 13, which is a good season. Don't get me wrong. A lot of pressures, but I think Max Crosby's looking to take that next step and have double-digit sacks like he did his rookie year, uh, but more dominant and in more timely fashion when needed the most. Right. The big plays. So that's just that's what what we've really been talking about. We want to hear from you again. 702-365-9200. And then the Salmon Ash text line is 69187 keyword R&R. I got a text from Brazy in Vegas said looking forward to Max taking over this year, especially since he turned his orange Porsche for a silver and black Bentley. Again, that's Brazy in Vegas. And uh, yeah, that that uh, silver and black Bentley is sweet. It is really nice. It's something he put out on Instagram, and I remember passing it at the uh, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center a few times. I was like, man, that thing is a nice – that's – man, I'm telling you right now, as a Cadillac dude, right, As I, I feel like there's nothing better than a Cadillac. When I look at that thing, I'm like, man, I sure could convince myself to drive that. <laughs> I would have no problem convincing myself to drive that, man. That thing – is sweet. So, uh, hey, he's got some good taste when it comes to vehicles, that's for sure. And uh, I thought the orange Porsche was kind of cool. It was very much much Max Crosby, right? It was just, it it, it fit his personality, so I was okay with that. And definitely a Vegas ride, too. Which one, the Bentley or the Porsche? Oh, the Porsche. Okay. Like, you see that driving down the streets in Vegas? It's just... That belongs in Vegas. Yeah. I, that, I'm not that, saying the Bentley doesn't. Right. But just an orange Porsche, the way it was shaped, you know, almost like an SUV. But it was just like, man, that's a... Uh that's a Vegas car right there. I like it. I like it. I uh, got a couple more texts that I wanted to get to real quick. Uh, <laughs> Mailman Raider said, Q, you had the buddy system last time you were in L.A. with Jared. That didn't work out because your buddy stole your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's going back to Gangster Raiders call. I was saying, hey, if you're going to come to L.A., make sure you have a buddy. And I said, well, I better get a buddy since I'll be heading to L.A. on Saturday. As soon as I get my hair cut, I'm on my way. And, um, yeah, <laughs> Mailman Raider said, Q, you had a buddy last year, last time. It was uh, your good friend, Jared, the black guy. It was, it was the black guy with the tan jacket. jacket. Yep. Gotcha. Unbelievable. Robbed you blind. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. One more quick text about Max Crosby, then we'll take a quick break. Oh, man, where was I? Just missed it. Oh, man. Dang it. It was it – was oh, here it goes. Uh, from Raider Russell from Tampa Bay. Max will be a defensive player of the year. 12 sacks, touchdown off a of fumble, and the Raiders will have a 12-5 a record on the season. So 12 and 5. And you know, maybe we'll go over the 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 schedule again next or not next week, but tomorrow. Maybe we'll go over the schedule tomorrow. We'll have our pro pickums tomorrow. We'll bring that back. Uh, we'll go through every game in the in the schedule for the week one and we'll do it every single week of the season and we'll pick what games we think are you know gonna be dubs, what games are gonna be L's, and we'll have a little bit of fun with it as again it is football season, so we're excited about that. Coming up next, you're gonna hear from Jason Daly, Western High School, Tom Flores, high school football coach of the week award winner. You'll hear that conversation next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk about winning the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award for Week 3 is Jesse Daly from Western High School. He's the head football coach. And, Coach, appreciate your time uh, this afternoon. And, first of all, congratulations on winning the Tom Flores High School Football uh, Coach of the Week Award. And you did that because your team knocked off Pinecrest Academy 26-7 to in Week 3. Uh, how big was that for your team to come away with that victory? You know, it always feels good to get a win for our guys. Um the goal is to continue to build off of that victory. Um, 
you know, it just allows our players to see how the, the work they were putting in during the offseason is paying off. You know, it's early in the season and it's still hot outside. Of course, you know, you're coming off the summer and I say coming off the summer, but it's still, like I said, blazing hot outside. How did you feel the workouts went leading up to the regular season and uh, how do you feel the players are conditioned right now for this heat? Yeah, I mean, practicing throughout the summer was uh, essential for us. Um, our, I have a great coaching staff. They work very hard to um, prepare our guys for this moment. You know, we were out there in the sun. We were teaching and preaching to our guys to hydrate, eat well, take care of their bodies. Um, you know, we haven't had any serious heat-related um, injuries, so um, looks like they're listening to us. Right, absolutely. How much have you seen your team just grow over the few weeks of the regular season? And like I said, even going back to summer workouts, but just kind of seeing them all grow together in a, in a brotherhood. Well, you know, again, going back to the offseason, we put in a lot of work there. We had a nice core group of guys uh, working together. And I think that they're seeing as we come through, we get to fall camp, we get to our first two games. Um, now we have our some, some, some success against uh, Pinecrest Academy. Now they're starting to build that chemistry, and uh, we hope to keep that thing going. Talking right now with Coach Jesse Daly from Western High School. His team came away with a victory 26-7 over Pinecrest Academy this past week, giving him the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Award. We're talking to him here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, and to you, just from a coach's point of view, and I know the award's not just for you. It's going to be for your coaching staff. It's going to be for your players. But how much did that mean to, to get that victory, and, and especially for your players, to be able to see that, yeah, the work that we're putting in, what Coach is telling us, what the rest of the staff is telling us, that's really going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Like, hey, we, we tell them games are won in the offseason, you know, so um, all offseason long we were preaching that. And, uh, you know, we get our first one and we're hoping many will follow after that. But, you know, getting this uh, award means a lot to our program. You know, it shows that the hard work of our staff, our players is paying off. You know, it's, it's great to be appreciated. It's great to be recognized. And, you know, it helps our, our, organize, our organization to feel valued. You know, so I'm honored to receive this on behalf of my staff. What was the players' reaction to the victory? Because, they, I mean, sometimes you just need to see a W. Or, you know, I always say sometimes if you're playing basketball, sometimes you need, just need to see the ball go through the rim to give you that extra confidence. What was it like for your players? You know, um, they needed it. You know, they need to see that, hey, what coaches and uh, our staff, our program is preaching is true. You know, um, I feel like we do have the buy-in from them, but, you know, Word of mouth is one thing and then actually yeah. experiencing is a, is another thing. So um, they felt good. You know, they felt great to know that they can get out, they can compete, and they can win games. Talking right now with Coach Jesse Daly here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And again, this being the, the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award, um, how, how important is it to you and, and how, how pre appreciative are you in the program to have the Raiders so heavily involved in, in the community and high school football in general? Yeah, we truly appreciate the Raiders. You know, this wouldn't be the first time that um, they've reached out to us. Um, they're constantly looking for ways to um, get involved in the community out here in Vegas. Um, they're a great example for our players, for our student athletes, just showing them what it means to be a part of a community and uh, to give back. And, you know, that's a big part of our vision is teaching our kids to be a part of the community and give back. And, you know, what better example than to have our own NFL football team, the Raiders, um, showing us how to get it done. How yeah, so thank you, Raiders. Appreciate you. How excited do the players get just to know that there's an NFL team here? Because, I mean, obviously, Las Vegas hasn't always been like that. At first, there was never sports, right? I mean, that was always frowned upon. Now you have the Raiders, a pro NFL team here. Uh, how big is that just for your, your team and your players that have aspirations of playing on the next level? 
you know, it, it helps them to see like how close it is, you know, the potential of being able to make it to the NFL. Um, and also having the Raiders involved with us. I mean, we were able to go to a preseason game last season. Yeah. Um, our kids completely loved that. Um, they were, they were very excited about it. So just having the Raiders back community here in town just makes our guys even more excited about football. Do they get a little fired up knowing that all the state championship games are being played at Allegiant stadium, which started last year? Oh yeah. They can't wait. They can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big goal for us to be able to make it there. Right. I mean, and that's, that's a great goal to have and to have it right here in your community is, is a great thing. Again, we're talking with coach Jesse Daly, recipient of the Tom Flores high school football coach of the week award. And coach, I always say that if you're a uh, high school football coach, you're more than just a high school football coach. You're more than just X's and O's and wins and losses. You're a pillar in the community. You're a best friend to a lot of these players. You're, you know, you're, you're a father figure at times. How, how, much pride do you take in being a high school football coach what does that mean to you well it means a lot to me um we're at western is one of the largest title one schools here in the district and uh you know it's a blessing to be a mentor coach for our guys you know i get the opportunity and my coaching staff we get the opportunity to guide our young athletes down the right path you know um we get to pay it forward our our high school coaches did it for us and now we get the opportunity to do it for our players and you know the hopes is to have some of our players come back, join us, and do it for theirs, you know, so we continue to keep the ball rolling. How uh, ha- happy are you or how you know satisfying is it when you do see a player come back and say, hey, coach, thanks for everything you did for me when I was coming up. Now I'm this guy in the community or I'm doing this successfully uh, at another level and I have my own family. It means everything to me. You know, that's, that is our true vision, you know, to create um, players of success uh, for the future get our guys to come back and let us know how football impacted their lives, kept them out of trouble. Um, and that's what it's all about. You know, growing up, you know, I had friends, the coaching staff had friends, you know, who got caught up in the wrong crowd. So we, we're reaching out to our guys to prevent them from being caught up in the wrong crowds and to hear a player come back and let us know um, that we've impacted them. Um, which we've had, um, it just means all the world to us. It, it really is a big deal. I mean, it is the the community is is so you know massive and, and needs so much. And I just feel like high school football coaches help guide these young men into you know into society, and it's it's well beyond uh, you know the playing field. And like you said, the wins and losses, and, and and you know that well, coach. On the football field, up next you have Boulder City. Uh, what kind of challenge does that present for your team? Well, you know, Boulder City has been one of the top teams for a while. Um, in our league, you know, they're a well-coached, tough team. Um, but, you know, we're looking forward to playing Warrior football and having a good competitive game. So you're, you're headed into week four. Uh, how much have you seen, you know, your, your team continue to grow and develop? And what is it that you're emphasizing on as you continue to try to, to build this team this season? Um, right now, in this moment, we're really focusing on starting fast and finishing strong. You know, uh, we had that success um, week three. But now, you know, that's over and done with. Now we're moving on to week four. We got to start off fast with that, you know, with the game quarter one, quarter two, and then uh, we can finish strong um, in the second half and the in the second half of the season as we approach um, our league games. You know, I love how you said that, uh, you know, we, we had that success in week three, but it's over and done with. Right. You can't dwell on that. You just like you can't dwell on a loss. You can't allow a loss to beat you twice and you can't get too high on one win. So uh, that sounds good, coach, man. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Your team uh, sounds like they're doing what they need to be doing. They're continuing to grow again. Congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. We're receiving that award. And, uh, you know, now you're in the running to be the, the coach of the year. So that's exciting as well. But congratulations and appreciate all you're doing for the community and your team. Thank you, and likewise, appreciate all that you guys are doing for the community.
There he goes, Jesse Daly, Western High School, right there, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And of course, we do that each and every week in uh, in in a collaboration with the Silver and Black, with the Raiders, who are always looking out for the community. And I always enjoy being able to talk each and every week to a high school football coach. So there he goes, Jesse Daly, Western High School. 4.45 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. I have a few nuggets. Raiders related, little cover three action, but all Raiders related. We'll tell you what those are. We'll do it next as we close out the show on Raider Nation Radio. 920. You know what? Guess who ended their chances of making the playoffs last year? The Raiders. And guess who has matched their offseason moves? The Raiders. And guess who has Devontae Adams? The Raiders. I'm going to give them the edge in this game. J.C. Jackson not expect, not likely to play. So I'm going to give the Raiders the edge. I like what they're doing with Josh McDaniels. Excited to see them play this year. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. NFL Network's Nick Shook right there talking about the Raiders Chargers Sunday. He's giving the edge to the Silver and Black. Been hearing a lot more folks on the national scene. I was just sitting in the commercial break listening to what uh, Greeny had to say. He called uh, Devontae Adams the offensive player of the year for this upcoming season. So uh, we heard (laughs) Kyle Brandt on NFL Network said he thought Max Crosby was going to defensive player of the year. And then all of a sudden I'm listening in the commercial break and I'm listening to Greeny talk about Devontae Adams as the offensive player of the year. Of course, they got to go get it done on the field, but there's a lot of hype right now around the silver and black. So the one thing that's going in the Raiders favor when it comes to these kind of awards, and I don't think anyone in Raider Nation cares about any awards. I think everyone really cares about wins and losses and the Raiders getting to the playoffs and going from there. And then after that, you can get all the awards you want, right? You got to get it done on the field. But with the expectations that this team has, all eyes are going to be on the Raiders. All eyes are going to be on them. I'm actually surprised they don't have more primetime games this year. Something that we talked about when the schedule was released. I just I feel like there's going to be a lot of folks paying attention to what the Raiders have going on all season long. But I got a few quick hitters that I wanted to hit you with. A little cover three action as we close out the show today. I always get this email from NFL Communications. It's great and a blessing to be a part of the little NFL Communications community. And they always send stuff out like every week talking about stuff to look for in the upcoming game. And, you know, they call them little NFL capsules. And so there's a lot of different nuggets that they'll give you. And uh, I like these things. These things are pretty cool. So uh, when you look at the Raiders and the Chargers, you want to talk about quick starters. The Raiders, the Chargers, the Saints and the Seahawks have won each of their past three season opening games. Well, obviously, that's going to change on Sunday. (laughs) The Raiders or Chargers, one of the team is going to keep on winning and one's going to take an L. Obviously, the Chargers and Raiders play at uh, 125, and you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So just think about that. The last the last uh, three seasons, the Raiders, Chargers, Saints, and Seahawks have all won their opening day game. Their first, their first game of the regular season, they've all found a way to win. I mentioned Chandler Jones earlier in the show. Last year on kickoff weekend, Chandler Jones had five sacks and two forced fumbles, becoming the third player to post at least five sacks in a week one game since 82 when the individual sack became an official stat. In 10 career games on kickoff weekend, Jones, now with the Raiders, has 11 sacks, tied with the Baltimore Ravens linebacker Justin Houston and two others for the sixth most on kickoff weekend since 82. If either Jones or Houston records at least two sacks on Sunday, they would surpass Pro Football Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor with 12 and a half in 12 games for the fourth most sacks in week one contest since 82. So if you're looking for stats, if you're looking for a little, you know, little nice little nugget, something, you know, under the belt, you, you, you hope for Chandler Jones to get two sacks. And DeMond, I'm not trying to rub this in your face, but you know very well about Chandler Jones getting those five last season. Yeah, I'm going to skip right past that and just go to the <laughs> stats, the numbers of it. 
I know you said like Raider Nation doesn't care. It's not going to win you any awards, right? But that is like a it's nice little. Cool. It's a nice little feather in the cap. Hey, yep. if Chandler Jones can say, "Hey, man, opening day." nobody's better than me opening day. Like just, And I'm sure the other teams are going to be looking out for that. That's the type of stat that I'm sure the opposing team, they're going to be watching out for. Like Josh Jacobs, I don't know if it was in the um, the nuggets that you have there, but I think he's got multiple touchdowns on each of the past two um, get the opening days this in the past two seasons. Yep, so I got some nuggets on, on Jacobs exactly, as well. Exactly. Nice. These are the things that opposing coaches, they're going to be looking out for. Hey, let's not let Chandler Jones get hot. Let's not let Chandler Jones get after the quarterback. So what right. else you got? Well, this is a uh, Raider related somewhat. This is actually about Lamar Jackson. He's uh, compiled a 37 and 12 record through his first 49 starts in his career with a win on Sunday. He would tie Tom Brady with 38 wins. Danny eight, Danny White with 38 wins for the third most by a quarterback in his first 50 career starts since 1970. Only the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes with 40 wins and pro football Hall of Famer Ken Stabler with 40 have more. So there you go. A little shout out to the snake. Not mad at that, but hey, that man. That's what I. That's what I thought when I heard that. <laughs> I was about to say you can't, you can't pay the snake, man. <laughs> that's, Lamar. <laughs> that's a whole nother scenario. You know, Lamar has put a, a Friday deadline on uh, on the contract conversation. If he doesn't get that contract extension by Friday, uh, all talks are off till after the season. Then the S is going to hit the fan. Just saying. I feel like it's going to get uglier before it gets better. If that uh, if that ends up happening, but we'll see. Uh, of course, around here, Raider Nation, we're all paying attention to what happens with Darren Waller and his contract extension. As Vinny Bonsignor put out early this morning, and many other people, uh, you know, lashed onto it and put it out there as their own sources uh, that Darren Waller and the Raiders are close to a contract extension. It could happen uh, before before the game on Sunday. But make no mistake about it, Vinny said that on the morning tailgate. He tweeted it out about six something this morning on the morning tailgate. Then all of a sudden, all these other cats from all over the the country started putting out there, hey, Darren Waller and the Raiders are close on a contract extension, but they didn't even give Vinny credit. Like, Vinny was the one who gave them the knowledge and the information. They just took it as their own, which is silly, but that's the world that we live in. Uh, Jordan Schultz also has uh, reported that, and Jordan Schultz is a really good reporter. Obviously, he used to be at Yahoo. He's now at SCORE. He announced today that he's at SCORE, and he's going to be their NFL insider. So, you know, cats like that, I get. But some of these other cats that just go ahead and latch on to what Vinny or Tashawn or Vic put out, it's just it's kind of silly. But again, we're paying attention to uh, what's going on with uh, Darren Waller. Uh, I mentioned the little nugget I had on Max Crosby. Led the team with 13 tackles for loss in 2021. Ranked second with eight sacks. Had a career high three passes defense and two sacks in the last meeting versus the Chargers. So looking for two guys to maybe get off on Sunday. Right? Chandler Jones starts seasons off really well. Maybe he has a couple sacks. Max Crosby played against the Chargers. Played really well last season. You know, especially that last game, that week 18 game, three passes defense and two sacks. Can you imagine if the Raiders came out of that game with maybe four sacks? That's a recipe for a dub right there, right? I was hoping you were going to do the math and say seven, five for Chandler if he can replicate oh. last season. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go Next there. Get those two that he had in the last game against the Chargers. I'm just, I'm just, I, I gave Chandler two because that's the number he needs, right? Two to, two to get that, uh, you know, to get that next uh, feather in the cap, like you mentioned. And then Max, he had two. Uh, go ahead and get two more. Go ahead and, uh, you know, run with your running buddy. Get two each. That would, that would be if they come away with four sacks to start the season. I guarantee that's a dub. I'll, I'll go ahead and put it out there right now. If, if the Raiders come away with four sacks on Sunday, that's a win, straight up. Again, I think a lot's going to depend on what this Raiders defense is able to do. A couple more nuggets as we close out the show. Quarterback Derek Carr ranked fifth in the NFL. Fifth in the NFL 
with a career high and franchise record 4,804 passing yards in 2021 and is one of four quarterbacks, four, with 4,000-plus passing yards in each of the past four seasons. His fifth quarterback ever with 3,000-plus yards in each of his first eight seasons. Aims for third in a row versus the Chargers with two-plus touchdown passes. Has zero interceptions in six of his past seven games versus the Chargers. An important nugget to pay attention to. Zero INTs in six of his past seven versus the Chargers. Final nugget. Running back Josh Jacobs totaled 1,220 scrimmage yards, 872 rushing, career-high 348 receiving, and nine rushing touchdowns last season, despite myself hearing people say that he didn't do good in the red zone. That's false. He's one of three running backs, Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott, with 1,200-plus scrimmage yards and seven-plus touchdowns in each of the past three seasons, rushed for 132 yards and a touchdown in the last meeting versus the Chargers. And that's my mic drop moment right there. That's the Nuggets that have to do with the Raiders, have to do with the first game of the season on Sunday, especially against the Chargers. Wake up at the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920.